everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of All Things Aromantic, a podcast where I talk about all things aromantic. I'm the host, an Aroway Switch, on Twitter at AromanticWitch, and I use she, they pronouns. So I want to start off the podcast by first saying and acknowledging that this is being recorded on Quahutecan land. And I also want to acknowledge the history of settler colonialism here in what's called the United States and the land theft that has occurred. So if you'd like to learn more about that, I would recommend you tune into the Red Nation podcast. And if you financially can, please donate and support indigenous water protectors who are on the front lines protecting our water. And I'll be adding links in the description so that you can easily go and do that. So now let's get right into the episode. This very first episode is going to be about what is aromanticism and what does aromantic mean? So I'll give you the definition in my words first, and then I can read the definition that, you know, you can find online. So in my words, aromantic is a word that people use to describe their romantic orientation. Um, so people who use the word aromantic may feel little to no romantic attraction. Um, it's a spectrum. So, you know, that is also a part of my definition is that, you know, it encompasses lots of different identities under the word aromantic. So you have under the aromantic identity, there's gray romantic, demi-romantic, aeroflux, aerospike, fray romantic, lith romantic, and there's more. And I just want to say those identities are also valid and they fall under the aromantic spectrum. So yeah, so then on the online, like if you go into Google and type in aromantic, the definition that they come up with, let me see, hold on, give me a second. Okay, someone who has no desire to be in a romantic relationship. Okay, and that's what comes up on Google, which first off is not correct. It's not true. That's not what a romantic means. Um... So yeah, I guess that's just a good example of how sometimes what's online is not accurate. And that's why you need to seek out and listen to actual aromantic people when trying to understand aromanticism. Okay, so so yeah, that's, that's wrong. So people think that um, it's about relationships, which not necessarily, it's about the romantic attraction and so as an aromantic it's kind of hard to describe what romantic attraction is because my experience is centered on the fact that I don't experience that I there are some aromantics who experience it very rarely or they have experienced it before in their lives once or a few times Okay, so I guess I could try to explain 
romantic attraction, but keep in mind that I'm aromantic. Um, so it's kind of hard for me to explain something I don't experience. So from my understanding of what I've seen in the world is people get this attraction to one person and they want to be involved romantically with that person, whether it's building their lives together through marriage, having kids, stuff like that. Um, also, it's kind of like a foreign concept to me because I don't feel that attraction towards people. But obviously, if you want to learn about what aromantic is and you are aromantic, then you probably have a hard time putting it into words what romantic attraction is as well. Um, this is very common among aromantics. Um, and if you do experience it, then you know what I'm talking about and you don't need me to explain it to you. <laughs> so yeah. But this, you know, idea of being attracted to another person romantically is different than being attracted to someone sexually. And so, so that's actually a good segue into the split attraction model, which I do want to explain first because in order to understand aromanticism, it helps to understand the split attraction model. And also, the experiences are very different. So I do want to just say that um, if I, you know, I can only speak from my experience and I will also include like experiences from other aromantic people that I've met and, you know, talked with. So yeah. Okay, so the split attraction model is... Um, basically shows how attraction, the attractions that we feel can be separate for some people. So sometimes when we think of regular, you know, marriage and romance and all of that, we think of sexual attraction and romantic attraction together uh, as one thing, but some people experience it as different things. So like a straight person uh, would feel romantic and sexual attraction towards someone of the opposite gender um for and so that's what we see everywhere right but there are some people who are aromantic and allosexual allo meaning that they do experience that attraction um so they won't feel romantic attraction towards people but they may feel sexual attraction towards people and that's kind of something that we have seen in media but it's never represented in a positive light it's always seen as someone who's a player someone who has no feelings someone who doesn't want to settle down so I guess that's the that's what some people might envision when they think of aromantic but in addition to being aromantic and allosexual some people are aromantic and asexual so they experience little or no romantic or sexual attraction and that would be my experience so i'm arrow ace that's what i identify as and so yeah so that 
helps when you understand. That's more understood. It helps to understand the split attraction model, in order to understand a romanticism in some ways. So yeah, so there are other attractions that we hardly ever talk about. So there's like、um, sensual attraction, aesthetic attraction, platonic attraction, and those those attractions aren't ever talked about as much in the media or at all, like ever, or just in general, like regular conversations. People always only talk about. Um, sexual and romantic attraction, like kind of lumped together. So yeah, so that's the split attraction model.、Um, let's see. We know that there's different types of attractions. So there's also different experiences with different types of attractions within the aromantic spectrum. So me pers- personally, I don't desire a romantic relationship of any kind.、Um, And some aromantic people are in romantic relationships, or they do desire and seek out romantic relationships. And you know that's part of the vast umbrella of experiences that is under aromantic. So you know there's not one universal experience for being aromantic. And I think that's really important to keep in mind when we talk about aromanticism. Is that we can't lump everyone together under the same desires and all of that because some desire rom- romance in their life. It's it's kind of hard not to when you've been indoctrinated your whole life to view romance as important and all encompassing and to value romance so highly. So some people do want that in their lives, and you know that's that's totally valid, and that's also. An aromantic experience.、Um, they just don't feel that romantic attraction, or it's they hardly ever feel it. So yeah. Okay, so I want to talk about、um, the difference between aromantic and asexual, and I kind of did touch upon that earlier a little bit, but I really want to talk about it more now because a lot of the times aromantics and aromanticism. Um, both of those things are lumped in to asexuality, and like I said, some people are aromantic and asexual, but there are some people who are not. There are some people who are not asexual, but they are aromantic, or there are people who are asexual, but they are not aromantic. They do experience romantic attraction. And you know those are all valid identities. It's just important to keep in mind that they are different because a lot of the times aromanticism gets sort of forgotten, erased, ignored, <laughs>、um, or it's generally just unknown, like completely invisible. So it's super amazing how much visibility and awareness there is now for asexuality. I think that's a really good step forward, but it also shows how far we have to go for aromanticism, because you know it's hardly ever a conversation. There's absolutely there's almost no canon representation in media, and although you know 
media representation is not the most important thing or the end-all be-all. It's very important for people to see themselves in media if they do not see anyone else like them around them. So that's something about aromanticism is it's never talked about. So when you are aromantic, it's you, you don't know. You don't know until you either learn about it or maybe someone you know knows about it and they tell you. A lot of the times we are left to think that there's just something wrong with us, that, you know, we're broken or like, why can't we just be like other people? And if there had been some type of accurate aromantic representation anywhere, that, while I was growing up, that could have changed a lot of things for me and I'm sure for other people as well. So that's why I view aromantic representation as so important because... Even though it's never named, whenever they do kind of show some type of aromantic, um, I guess, ways of, I don't know, like they show some people who, as an aromantic, I'm like, hmm, maybe they're aromantic, but it's never in a positive light. They're always shown as, you know, miserable for being single or fail. they're seen as failures or they're seen as childish and immature there's never a positive representation for people who are just, you know, not not necessarily like everyone else when it comes to romance and romantic relationships. Um, so, yeah, I think that's why it's important to talk about representation with aromantic people, because so many people are getting the wrong idea of what it is. And that's why it's so hard to get the truth out there about what it really is, because people are just under the notion that it's something different. So, so yeah, aromantic people have different experiences when it comes to romantic attraction than what an allo-romantic person would have. So aromantic, obviously what we've been talking about, the opposite of, the, well, not the opposite, but for lack of a better way to put it, um would be allo-romantic, so people who do experience romantic attraction, which would be in every movie, people wanting to get married, find their true love, find their, you know, Prince Charming, all of that, that's, you know, that's allo-romanticism. <laughs> it's, you know, that's, all of that is allo-romantic, whatever, however you say that. <laughs> um, so yeah, so those are some terms to know. Let's maybe we'll do like a brief overview of them. This is the teacher and me. Um, so we have the split attraction model, which we know that some people experience attractions separately and some don't. That's okay too. Some people do not use the split attraction model. Um, and that's just the way life is. We are all different, different experiences. So the split attraction model, right? We learned that. We learned aromantic, you know what that means, where we have a better idea of what that means at least now. And then we learned there's alloromantic, which is what we've already already known, which we have all already known. Um, so then we learned that attraction can be experienced differently, split attraction. So there's sexual attraction, romantic attraction, sensual attraction, and more. 
we learned the term aero-ace for people who are aromantic and asexual. And we learned allo-aero means people who are aromantic but not asexual. Another important term is amanormativity, which is society's expectations um, regarding romance. And that is another term that we should know when learning about aromanticism. So yeah, I will talk about more about that later. So in relationships, there are people who are aromantic in relationships. And it's not necessarily always a romantic relationship because, you know, queer platonic relationships exist. And queer platonic relationships are way relationships are a way that a lot of aromantic people have been, you know, kind of not utilizing, but that's what they are involved in when it comes to building their lives. Because, you know, romantic relationships are not the only type of relationships out there. And romantic love is not the only type of love out there and there are lots of not lot well i don't i'm sure there are but i don't know numbers but there are aromantic people out there who are building their lives and making connections based on other things that's not that's not just a romance so whether it's you know based on sexual attraction or based on a deep friendship that turns into a stronger bond that's in most case in some cases lifelong so yeah so aromantic people are not always single even though i'm sure many of us are i am and that's the way i like it and that's the way i would like for it to continue but some are in queer platonic relationships or in romantic relationships and that's what works for them and the people that they love so yeah, so there's just lots of ways to live life. <laughs> and everyone thinks that you have to get married, have the kids, get your house with the white picket fence. And that's the only way to reach, you know, whatever true happiness. But it's not. It's not the only way to live. The nuclear family of husband, wife, two kids, a dog. That's just an idea that was instilled by capitalism, if we really want to get into it, you know, and it actually harms more people than it helps. And we don't have to continue living life like that. And aromantic people are here to tell you that we can make connections based on more than just romantic love. And we have to start ba making more connections based on just, you know, familial love friendship love community love all of that being aromantic doesn't mean you don't love people because i do love people i love lots of people i love my friends i love my family i love people in my community you know it's being single or being aromantic doesn't mean being alone and that's what people always assume but no, you don't lose contact with every single human ever just because you're aromantic or because you're human. We're still very much part of this world. We just experience it differently. I guess that's a good way to put it. Yeah, so basically just don't assume what 
an aromantic person wants or don't assume how they feel. If someone tells you they're aromantic, don't assume that, you know, they hate people or can't love. I don't know. People have the weirdest assumptions when it comes to aromantic people. Um, don't assume they don't want to be in a relationship because some do. Um, just we all want different things. It's part of being human. Different things make different people happy. So if you're ever unsure what an aromantic person wants, ask them. Obviously, be respectful and don't pry. And don't ask like random strangers inappropriate questions. But, you know, if someone you care about is aromantic and you can ask them those type of things with their permission, then yeah, you can just ask them, are you looking for a romantic relationship? Do you want one? Do you want a different type of romantic relationship? I think it's just better to be upfront and clear about these things because so many people go off the assumption that everyone is looking for romance and everyone wants a romantic relationship, which is part of amenormativity. We can definitely get into that because if you're going to be talking about aromanticism, you have to talk about amenormativity and it's the idea that everyone wants a romantic lifelong romantic relationship um i think i said romantic twice (laughs) but but you know what i mean so i can read the definition of emma normativity online which turns into a tongue twister the more you say it (laughs) so it's a term coined by arizona state professor of philosophy elizabeth brake to capture societal expectations of Societal expectations. Okay, yeah. So on her website, she writes, Amenormativity is a term I coined to describe the widespread assumption that everyone is better off in an exclusive romantic long-term coupled relationship and that everyone is seeking such a relationship. Which, I mean, yeah, she coined it. It's a good way of putting it. Um... Also, I do have to add that while I was looking at her website for research for this podcast, I saw that there was no mention of aromantic people or aromanticism anywhere on her page about amenormativity. Like I read it from top to bottom because I was expecting it to be mentioned. How would how could you not? But she didn't. She specifically mentioned how amenormativity hurts everyone, but specifically hurts asexual and polyamorous people, which I 100% agree. Amenormativity hurts everyone, and it especially hurts asexual and polyamorous people, but it also especially hurts aromantic people. And it really blows my mind that this was not mentioned on her website about Emma normativity. And it's just wild how constantly we are unknown, forgotten, erased. Like, 
I'm sorry, it's just really blowing my mind. How are you a professor studying this, studying amenormativity, studying the societal expectations of romance on people, and you have not mentioned them, mentioned aromantic people? Like, I don't want to assume she doesn't know about aromanticism because like, but that's the only like logical conclusion because why would you not mention them so so yeah this just really shows we have such a long way on we have such a long way to go with raising awareness about aromanticism and it's so sad because as an asexual you know we're finally celebrating how we're moving past the awareness stage and we're moving more towards like acceptance and you know more visibility and representation because now people are aware but when it comes to aromanticism people are not even aware and it's it's sad because you know we're constantly erased and ignored this way and if you are learning about amenormativity and you know you're questioning it and you're looking at it you're looking it up and you're searching it and you're on her website and there's not even a mention of aromantics on it that's <sighs> just, yeah, disappointing, not surprising, really. I wish, I wish it could be surprising. No, I mean, it is surprising and it's not surprising. It's both. I don't know how it can be both, but it's both, okay? So, yeah, we really have to do more about teaching the people in our lives what aromanticism is. And teaching ourselves, if you're not aromantic, teaching ourselves what it is. And even if you're not aromantic, teaching the people in your life about aromanticism. You know, we need aloe romantics also spreading awareness and also talking about this. Because only aromantics are talking about this. And, okay, maybe not only. There's probably like five people in the world who are not aromantic talking about this <laughs> just kidding i don't know but it's maybe like one percent 99 percent of the people talking about this are aromantics themselves like we're the only ones bringing this into discussion and a good portion of that one percent is probably asexuals also talking about this because um you know thankfully we do have lots of asexual allies um who are also talking about this but yeah we just have to we just have to continue and that's why i'm really glad i'm starting this podcast and talking about these things and people are listening to this because we have to learn what aromanticism is if we want to change how it so negatively affects how normativity negatively affects aromantic people because it does affect us and that could be its own episode on you know the things we experience about that so yeah thank you so much for tuning in to this very first episode of the podcast you know we talked about what aromanticism was a split attraction model I mean, amenormativity and alloromantics. We know the difference between asexual and aromantic now, hopefully. And continue sharing 
more aromantic content. If you see it on Instagram, if you see it on Twitter, share this podcast with your friends, with the people in your life. Anyone who needs to, to, or everyone needs to be hearing this. Okay, so that is the very first episode about all things aromantic. Thank you so much for listening and for just taking the time to learn about aromanticism and what aromantic means from someone who's actually aromantic. I'm an Aeroist witch and I hope you have a very good rest of the day. Bye.